0: Good morning, it's good to be with you. Uh, If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name's Dave, I'm one of the pastors here at Cedar Mill, and some of you are here, like Jesse said, last year when we aired part one um, of that story, and we wanted you to know, again, not how it ended, but what happened next, because we think God is still writing the story of of that beautiful little girl. Um, And the message, I want to be clear on the message, and I know Cody and Bruce want you to hear the message of this journey. It's not that God always gives us what we want or that life will always turn out if you go to church and have the right people pray for you or even that if I preach and you listen up, things will get better in your life, although that one might be true. (laughs) No, the message is that it's often in the darkest parts of our journey where God has the opportunity to shine brightest and to do things that we sometimes can't imagine or wouldn't expect. And that, my friends, is the message of Easter. That God has the power to walk into the deepest, darkest places of this world, fight for us, fight for you and me, and win on our behalf, even against the most powerful and frightening of foes, namely... Death. And this morning I want to suggest to you that this is why Easter Sunday has, is, and will always be the most relevant Sunday we share together. You see, sometimes I think we consider Easter Sunday this very religious moment where we come to church and we talk about the death and resurrection of Jesus and it feels like this thing that's so far away from us. It's so disconnected from our reality because after all, when was the last time I saw somebody die and then walk out of a tomb? It feels not a part of my life and yet I believe this Sunday more than all other Sundays is for every single person in this room. And here's why. Because at the center of Easter Sunday is one enormous and glaring question. How do we handle death? What do we do? As human beings do with death, how can we, with any confidence, face the grave that's waiting at the end of the line for every single one of us? You see, friends, Easter is relevant because death is prevalent, And I know that doesn't sound like great news on Easter Sunday morning. You're thinking, what a downer Easter message. But I looked it up this week, and the death rate, even with all our modern medicine and cool technology, still hovers right about 100%. (laughs) See, the truth is every single one of us is forced to walk around and live every day with what the Bible calls the shadow of death. This dark reality that our days and the days of our loved ones are numbered. That at any moment, for any number of reasons, we could stop breathing, talking, hearing, thinking, existing. Easter is relevant because death is prevalent. You know, I was reading an author this week who was saying that death looms over and kind of casts a shadow on our Western society, perhaps more than anything else in the world right now. Because... We live in 21st century America. We live in in the most advanced, sophisticated society in the history of the world. And there are a lot of problems that have plagued this world and the people of it for centuries that no longer plague us. We've solved them, we've fixed them. We're living longer and we're living healthier than we have ever lived. But friends, the truth still remains. Death, death is still something that will get us eventually every time. And we try to deal with death in our world, I think, in two primary ways. The first way that we deal with death is we avoid it and deny it. We try not to think about it. We convince ourselves that it's far, far away, way down the road. We bury it under, under mounds of busyness or under piles of pleasure. We think if we can just stay busy enough, if we can just carry our phones at all times, and when there's nothing happening, play games and apps and text and read mindless articles on the internet, we think if we can just distract ourselves by living our best lives, then we can pretend that death isn't something that we really need to think about. And when slowly but surely the evidence starts to mount that death is creeping ever closer, that's when we do our best and really stand our ground with Botox and makeup and hair dye and Rogaine and hip replacements and all sorts of pills and supplements that promise to keep us young for just a little longer. Friends, the denial of death in our world is staggering. We have separated ourselves from even having to be around death in astonishing ways, in ways the world has never known before. But then, eventually, reality hits and... We can't deny death any longer. It gets too close to home and so we take another approach to dealing with it. We sentimentalize it. Instead of being afraid of death and denying it, we acknowledge it and say things like, you know, death is really a good thing. Death is our friend. Death's not awful. Death is beautiful. Death is peaceful. Death is natural. Death is just the final stage of life maybe you've heard people say this let me suggest to you that as a pastor who has been around a fair amount of death if and when you lose someone you love you'll discover that all of that is just a bunch of hogwash it's a complete and utter lie it sounds nice But deep in our hearts, we know it's not true. Deep in every single one of our hearts, we know that we were not created to be separated from the people we love. That's why death feels feels so bad, because death is not what we were created for. And friends, the Bible affirms this. The Bible says it plain as day. The Bible says death is not good. It is not natural. And yet we cannot deny it. And yet it's a reality, and it is in every single one of our faces. And so on Easter Sunday, God came and dealt with it. He defeated it. He took it down. And the earliest Jesus followers, they were so convinced of this. They were so convinced that death had been defeated and that the grave had been overcome that it changed not just their, not just their momentary lives, but their entire lives, their entire outlook on existence. Listen to what they say. Listen to what the earliest followers of Jesus who watched him come out of that tomb, who saw him with their own eyes and touched the holes in his hands. Listen to what they say. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 15. They say, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, death, where is your victory? Do you know what that is? That's trash talk, friends. That's New Testament believers trash-talking death. Now, some of you, I hope a lot of you, are tuned into the NBA playoffs these days because our team, the Portland Trailblazers, are in the playoffs. And yeah, give it some love for the Trailblazers. Not as much love as we gave for Jesus earlier, which is good, good priorities. Um, We're playing the Oklahoma City Thunder. And it's, it's a pretty tough matchup, actually, because there's a guy on the Thunder who is one of the baddest dudes in the entire league, one of the best athletes, one of the best players in the history of basketball, I think, a guy by the name of Russell Westbrook. And he's tough, and he's in your face, and he talks a lot of trash. But we got a guy on our team, Dame Lillard, who has decided he's going to take Russell Westbrook on. He's going to get right in the face of Russell Westbrook and he's going to talk trash back. And friends, that's bold to talk trash to Russell. But it's nothing compared to getting all up in the face of death and talking trash. And so the question is this, how did the early followers of Jesus have so much confidence in the face of death? How did they live out from under the shadow? that death seems to cast on all of us? And the simple answer is Easter Sunday, the Sunday we celebrate this morning. You see, here's what the early followers of Jesus understood, that his resurrection was not just this really cool thing that happened in history, but it's a whole new reality for humanity the resurrection isn't just a moment in time. It's not just an event. It's something that changed everything for all of us. They understood that because of resurrection, the world will never be the same. Friends, if Easter Sunday has not changed your life, then there are only one of two options. You either don't believe what happened or you don't understand what happened. Because on Easter Sunday, Jesus defeated the greatest enemy of all, death. Let me explain it to you this way. And and stick with me on this, okay? In the Western movie Tombstone, there's a gang of thug bandits called the Cowboys, these guys who rode around with these red sashes and they persecuted and just wreaked havoc on all the people of this town. They demeaned them, they abused them, they stole from them. And so, under the shadow of the cowboys' rule, the people of this town lived in complete and utter fear. Well, one day, a guy named Wyatt Earp and his brothers and some of his friends come rolling into town, and they see what's happening. They, they see how these people are simply being bullied and oppressed by the cowboys. And so they decide, you know what? We have to do something about this. But the problem is that the ringleader of the Cowboys is this sinister, awful, evil man named Johnny Ringo. And Johnny Ringo is thought to be undefeatable. Johnny Ringo is thought to be one of, if not the fastest gun in the West. And the battle ensues. And White Earp and his band take on the Cowboys and then there's this scene sort of at the height of the conflict when Wyatt Earp is going to go himself and face Johnny Ringo the leader of the Cowboys in a duel and it's in this showdown that he knows he will die he knows of his own admission that he has no chance and it looks in the movie like all hope is lost and that once again Ringo will win and injustice and oppression will continue to rule and reign in Tombstone. But as Wyatt prepares to go and face Johnny before he gets there, before he can show up, his good friend Doc Holliday decides to go and face Ringo in his place. And when Doc Holliday shows up on the scene, Ringo, not knowing who it is that has arrived, is confidently and sort of arrogantly waiting. And as the man who he thinks is Wyatt Earp approaches, he says in a, in a real cocky tone, I didn't think you had it in you. I didn't even think you'd show. To which Doc Holliday responds with the movie's most famous line, I'm your Huckleberry. Some of you remember this. It's a phrase that meant, I'm the one who's here and I'm the right one for you to be facing Johnny. And suddenly, it's in this moment, suddenly, when Ringo realizes that his opponent is not Wyatt, Wyatt Earp, but Doc Holliday, and he gets this look of shock and surprise. And terror on his face when he sees Holiday, to which Doc responds by saying, Why, Johnny Ringo, you look like somebody just walked over your grave. <laughs> you see, Johnny Ringo was real confident against your average man, but Doc Holiday, he was no average man. He was something special. He was a supernatural gunslinger. And the two men square off face each other in circle and then the duel commences and Ringo is defeated, he's taken down, never to bully and oppress anyone ever again. And friends, believe it or not, this is the message of Easter. (laughs) That death and all his cronies who have been persecuting and oppressing and wreaking havoc on all humanity for centuries, have been taken down, that for hundreds of thousands of years, we, as human beings created in the image of God, have walked one at a time onto the dueling ground with death, into that grave, into that tomb, and over and over and over again, we have been defeated. We've been killed and slaughtered and maimed, and yet on Easter Sunday... Easter is this moment when God got tired of his kids being bullied by sin and death. And so 2,000 years ago, he showed up on the scene, he took our place, and he willingly walked into that grave, looked death right in the face, and said, I'm your huckleberry. (laughs) You see, you may have been able to beat my kids, Ringo. You may have been able to gun them down over and over and over again. But now, now you will have to face me. Now you will have to face me, death. Friends, I've been thinking all week about this moment. And I've been wondering, I've been wondering what the look on death's face must have been when he looked up that Easter weekend and saw that it was not just Wyatt Earp, that it was not just another mere mortal, but that God himself the maker of heaven and earth, had come into the grave to take him on and take him down on our behalf. The look of shock and terror and surprise on his face, priceless. You see, Easter is the moment when we discover there's a new sheriff in town and the cold, heartless bully who's ruthlessly oppressed us for hundreds of thousands of years, he's been driven out of town never never to torture or torment us again. Friends, this is why after Jesus rose from the dead and emerged from the grave victorious, the New Testament writers talked about death in a whole new way. This is why they talk trash to death. They were no longer afraid of death. They were no longer intimidated by death. They didn't live under the shadow or the fear or the trepidation of death any longer. In fact, one of the earliest followers of Jesus writes this. For me to live as Christ and to die gain in other words you know what if and when it's time for me to die bring it on because there's nothing for me to be scared of in that tomb anymore but you notice that he also says not just that to die is gain he says for me to live is Christ in other words he's saying it's not just death that holds no power over me but it's all of death's cronies they have been dealt with on Easter Sunday as well All the forces of sin that want to persecute and oppress and wreak havoc on my life, they too have been defeated by Jesus. You know at the end of the movie Tombstone, if you've seen this movie, after Doc Holliday defeats Johnny Ringo and he's defeated and taken down, do you remember what happens? Do you remember how the movie ends? Yeah, all the other members of the Cowboys, all the other members of Ringo's gang are rounded up one by one by one and thrown out of town. Because when Ringo got defeated, the whole gang got defeated. And friends, that's Easter too. It's not just death that's defeated, it's not just the ringleader, it's all the forces of sin. It's selfishness and greed and lust and fear and shame and guilt and pride and insecurity and everything in this world that wants to hold you back from the life of freedom and hope and joy and peace that God offers when he is in charge. You see, too often, friends, we come to church... We come to Easter Sunday and we hear the good news. We listen to the message that Jesus rose from the grave and defeated death. And then we go back out into our lives and live like the cowboys are still running the show. They're not. They don't have to. See, Easter is this moment when God declares, I have the power to drive them all, every single one of them, out of your life. Do you need that kind of power today? Do you need that kind of freedom? Does your heart yearn for it? This is what it says in Colossians chapter two about this very thing. It says he, that's Jesus, stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. And so the question is how, how, Do we have this new life? How do we live free from the shadow of sin and death? How do we live in light of Easter? And the answer is simple. Stop trying to fight Johnny Ringo on your own. Stop thinking that if you only work hard enough or practice long enough, you might just beat him because you can't and you won't. He's too fast. You see, the only way to live free from the tyranny of sin and death, the only way to truly get out from underneath the shadow that plagues your life and holds you back from becoming the person God longs for you to be is to choose to live under the protection and rule and reign of the new sheriff. To declare that, that one stronger than the bandits can rule the territory of your life. And that's what we do in baptism, friends. That's the declaration we make, we we stand and we say, this is who I want to rule and reign my life now. I'm with the one, listen to this, this is baptism friends, I'm with the one who went down into the grave, stood toe to toe with the forces of hell and rose to victory. I'm with him, he's my savior, he's my master, he's my sheriff, he is my Lord. Let the forces of sin and death come and then we live with the freedom and hope of knowing that he will never leave our side that he will never leave us nor forsake us let me ask you this morning are you still trying to fight Johnny Ringo by yourself are you still trying to navigate the struggles and difficulties of this world on your own because you don't have to Today, this morning, you can become a child of the king of kings. You can become a son or daughter of the living God. You can stop fighting for yourself, and you can allow him to come into your life and fight on your behalf. Someone stronger than the forces of this world wants to fight for you. there's this wonderful statement in Galatians chapter 2. It's just a declaration of Easter. It's a declaration of how we can live in light of Easter Sunday and the resurrection of Jesus and the fact that he has defeated the grave and sin and death. It reads like this. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The old me that used to try to do life by myself, the old me that used to try to fight sin on my own, the old me that used to fight Johnny Ringo and his minions in my own strength, who used to be, who used to try to be good enough and strong enough and smart enough and successful enough and popular enough to overcome the forces of this world I'm tired of that old me. I'm tired of living that way. I'm tired of not having the peace and hope and joy and the freedom of Jesus on my side and in my heart. Are you tired of doing life by yourself? The Bible says you do not have to live that way for one more second. If you believe that Jesus died and rose, if you believe that he went into that grave and defeated death for you, not just for the world. He defeated death for the world. He defeated death and, and corruption and injustice and oppression for all of creation. But do you believe that he did it for you? If you do, and you receive him as savior and lord, if you say, Come be the sheriff of my life, then this is what the scriptures say: Eternal life can be yours. Eternal life can be yours, friends. Life free from the power of sin and death now and forever with God. Life where the shadow of sin and death doesn't hover over you and plague you and fill you with fear and anxiety and worry and this sense that you don't measure up. Friends, this morning I want to give you, if you have never made the decision, an opportunity to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. To just say, Jesus, I want you to come and be the Lord of my life and to fight sin and death for me, to fight that grave for me, and to fight the forces and powers of this world for me. I need you. You see, this decision that requires humility, it re- requires someone who is willing to say, I can't do it on my own. That's the first step. We don't like to say that. Not in our culture, not in our country. That's not part of who we are, what Jesus says, if you'll just come and realize and be honest with yourself, I cannot do it on my own. That's step one. God, I need you to come and I need you to do in me what only you can do. Friends, I'm gonna pray right now. It's just a, Simple prayer, there's nothing magic about these words, it's not written down in any book anywhere, it's just a prayer that allows you to, in your own words, in your mind, say what you need to say to God, to invite Jesus to come into your life and be the Lord and King of your reality, to give you hope and peace and strength to fight what this world will throw at you. Just a simple prayer to say, God, I need you, and I want you in my life, I receive you I receive you as Lord and King and Savior. And so if you're in a place this morning where the Holy Spirit's talking with you and you've never made that statement, you've never invited Jesus in, you've never said, you know what? I do want to do life with Jesus. I do want the eternal life of peace and grace and hope and freedom that he offers. Then just pray this prayer with me. Just in your own words, say what I say, but don't say to me, just say it to God. He will hear it. He will hear it in your mind and he will come into your life, and he will defeat sin and death on your behalf, and he will walk with you for the rest of your days. Is God calling you today to just step into a relationship with him? Here's how this is gonna work. I'm just gonna ask everyone to bow their head and close their eyes. I'm gonna pray again. I have not even rehearsed this prayer but you just talk to God and you just tell him what you need to say. And if you're here today and you've already made Jesus the sheriff and he's the Lord and savior of your life, then you just say it again to him. You just remind yourself who he is in your life and you pray for the people around you. So if you would just bow your head and close your eyes with me, I'm gonna pray. Father, this morning, I know there's people in this room who have not yet surrendered to you and they haven't given their lives to you, I ask Holy Spirit that you would draw them to yourself. That right now they would sense that you are calling them into relationship with you and that God, they would not resist that. They would step into a place where they could say, come be Lord of my life. And if that's you today, just say, Father, we need you. We cannot do this life on our own. We cannot face the difficulties and struggles and brokenness of this world by ourselves. We cannot face the difficulties and struggles and brokenness of ourselves by our, on our own. Father, we need you. We're asking you to come in. We're saying we receive your death and resurrection, your victory over sin and death on our behalf. Be Lord and King, guide and lead us. Help us to, to fight against the injustice and oppression in our souls, in our hearts, in our minds, and in this world with your help and by your strength. Be our Lord, Savior, and King, God. That's what we say. Do it only you can do. And we ask it in the wonderful and powerful name of Jesus. Amen.